Hi, and welcome back to Bird is the Word podcast. Before we start today, I did just want to lift up Israel in all of our prayers today, tomorrow, and forever. Um, The land of Israel is suffering right now in real life, in real time. And um, it's very, very difficult to see such tragedy go on in the Holy Lands. And um, if you've been listening to this podcast, um, you will know um, that we have been talking about Israel a lot in the Bible. And so we know that Israel is very monumental in the Old Testament. And, um, you know, the Bible even refers to God as the God of Israel. So we have to believe in our hearts that the Lord is going to pull Israel out of this turmoil, just like we see him doing in all of these stories that I've been talking to you guys about. So I just wanted to say that my heart is heavy. Um, I, I said a prayer for them last night. I've been praying for all of the families that have been affected. It's just, it's terrible. And as somebody that's actively reading the Bible, and again, I'm new to it all, um, it hits home. Uh, it hits home because Israel is very important to me. Um, and it's played a big big role in my Bible reading journey. And in all of our, you know, Christianity, Israel is like a pillar in our faith. So, um, you know, it's, it's hard to see these tragic things happen today that happen in the Bible. And, um, it's like, almost like we're re we're reliving it. And it's very scary. Um, it's a scary time we live in, but you know, sometimes I feel like maybe the end is near. Who knows? You know, only God can tell. Um, but we got to be ready um, because it could happen any day. But yeah, I just wanted to start off by um, just lifting Israel up. Uh, I'm sure everybody all over the world is praying for them. Um, and yeah, um, thank you so much for being here. Um, if you have not, please do not forget to like and follow me on Instagram and Facebook at Bird is the Word Podcast. I also have a website now, www.birdisthewordpodcast.com. Please sign up for my email list. I did send out my very first email today. Um, So I will be doing that weekly, kind of doing just some recaps on the stories um, and just another way for me to communicate with you guys. If you guys don't have me on social media or emails easier, whatever the case is, birdisthewordpodcast.com. There is a contact tab. It's the very last tab. You literally just type your email in and be done. It takes like two seconds. <laughs> so yes, we need more people on the email list so that we can all stay connected. Um, but anyways, let's get into today's story. Um, today we are going to be talking about Naaman and we are in second Kings chapter five. And I really wanted to talk about this story. It's a really small story in second Kings. Um, but I really wanted to talk about it because, um, it's so relatable and I kind of got a chuckle out of it cause I saw myself in Naaman and yeah. So again, this is, uh, second Kings chapter five. Um, so if you are doing this in your Bible, I encourage you to open it up and let's get into it. Okay. So chapter five starts, um, with, we are introduced to Naaman. He is the commander of the army of Syria, I think, or Syria. I don't know how to pronounce that. Oh my God. (laughs) It's a Texan in me. (laughs) Um, so he's a commander of an army. Um, and the king of this army is King Aram. 
Um, and the Bible describes him as a valiant warrior. So he was highly favored um, in the eyes of the Lord. He was very successful. Um, you know, we hear this a lot about a lot of these uh, commanders of the armies. Typically, the commanders of these armies have been these highly favored men who are very successful in leading people. So, I mean, we're seeing a pattern, right? <laughs> you can't be a leader if you're not a leader. <laughs> so Naaman was very much a leader. The only thing about Naaman was that he had a skin disease. Um, the Bible says a skin disease, the Bible that I'm reading. Um, and I believe I'm reading, uh, I don't even know what version this is. I have different versions that I switch back and forth. Um, anyways, I don't know what version this is. Sorry, I got sidetracked. Anyway, so my Bible says that um, he had a skin disease. However, when I did a little bit more uh, research they, um, I kind of learned that he, he was a little bit of a leper, so he may have had some leprosy. Whatever the case is, Naaman had skin issues. And back in these days, we didn't have no doctors. We didn't have skin grafts. We didn't have nothing other than our eyeballs. So I'm putting together that you could see this man's skin disease clear as day. So I'm, I'm imagine it was kind of scary, maybe gross. Um, if he was a leper, I would imagine it was extremely disgusting, probably lots of pus coming out, maybe some white color to it. I don't know. But we're picturing this man with this skin disease. And let's just imagine like how degrading that has to be, not just for him, but for anybody. You know what I mean? Even in like today's time, anything skin wise is so sensitive, right? Like when we like have something on our skin, it's like, our first line of defense. It's the first thing that people see. So I, I mean, I would just imagine how that would make me feel to have something. Even if I have just a little pimple, I'm like, oh my God, I'm uncomfortable. I want to hide. I want to cover it up. So, you know, I'm just kind of putting all that into perspective when I'm thinking about Naaman's situation. Um, so he had um, a wife that the king had brought to him and her and her servant were talking amongst each other and they were basically saying that there is a prophet in um, Samaria that could cure Naaman of this skin disease. So she was basically in so many ways suggesting, you know, Naaman need to go see this man to like heal his skin. She's like, baby. <laughs> and it's funny because the Bible says she's like, you know, the king brought this wife to Naaman. So I'm like, imagine she saw him. She's like, oh, whoa, <laughs> oh, we need to fix this. And I know who can fix it, right? I'm like thinking that that's probably what her first impression was. I don't know. Like she sees him and she's like, okay, well he needs to get this fixed. <laughs> um, so yeah, she's like basically, basically suggesting that, you know, there's somebody, there's a prophet that can fix this or that can call to God to fix this. So Naaman goes and he tells King Aram about this. He's like, Hey, you know, my woman is telling me that there's a prophet that can help me. Um, and so the king tells him to go and the king sends him with a letter to the king of Israel, which is the king of this prophet. And here we are talking about Israel again, of course, monumental. Um, and so, yeah, so then, you know, King Aram sends Naaman with this letter. So he's like, okay, you want to go talk to this prophet? Fine. We got to, we got to clear it with the king. We got to tell the king why you're going into his land. So here's this letter you go on. So I'm going to read to you a verse six about the letter. Um, so chapter five, verse six says, the letter that he took read, this letter will introduce my officer, Naaman. I want you to cure him of his disease. I'm like, okay, the terminal, the, 
the wording here was was off. And that was like my first impression when I read it. I was like, wait, he's not going to cure him. God's going to cure him. Are we going to take offense to that? I don't know. We'll see. So then the king of Israel literally gets pissed off. He's like, who do you think I am? Like, do you, do you think I'm going to cure you of your disease? Like, I, I'm confused. And I, I was literally like, that was my reaction that I thought was going to happen. And that's exactly what happened. I was like, oh, I love when I'm right. Right. I love when I'm just like drawing con- conclusions because usually they're wrong. But this time I was like, oh, I was right. I knew he was going to be a little offended at that. Um, and so, yeah, the king was kind of upset. He was like, I don't know who you think I am, but I don't have that kind of power. However, we know who does. So this prophet that the woman was referring to is Elisha. And he actually seceded for over for Elijah. So he is the prophet. We remember talking about Elijah. Um, so Elisha was the one that seceded for Elijah after his death. And fun fact, Elisha is actually where the name Elisa was derived from. We love that. Elisa is a, a biblical name. We love that. Um, and so Elisha finds out that the king is upset about this request. You know, where, you know, a messenger is sent to Elisha and they're like, hey, you know, there's this man. His name is Naaman. He upset the king because he's asking the king to heal him. Um, and so Elisha tells the king, he's like, you know, he sends a messenger. All of this communication is done through messengers. So I'm just imagining like all these people going back and forth. I'm like, that's crazy. Here we are just like quick little text and, and, and they're sending messengers. So keep in mind when I'm saying they're communicating, this is through messengers because, you know, we're talking about the king. We're talking about a prophet. They wasn't just having phone conversations. Alicia wasn't just approaching him like, hey, guess what? No, no, no. This was through messengers. This was a process. It was all very calculated. Um, and so anyways, so, um, you know, Alicia goes and he tells the king, he's like, send Nam into me you know, I'm going to consult with my God about this and, you know, pray and see what I come up with. And so Naaman comes to Alicia and Alicia tells him, he's like, okay, you need to wash yourself seven times in the Jordan river and your skin will be cleared. And so at this point, you know, my reaction, if I was Naaman, I'd be like, say less jump right in. Are you kidding me? Just wash seven times and all of this skin disease is going to be gone. Period. I'm done. But that's not what happened here. So my conclusion was wrong. And, um, on this part, right? (laughs) So Naaman was angry and I'm going to read to you his reaction in the Bible because I was a little stunned at his reaction, but I could also relate, which is what was so significant about this story to me. So this is verses 11 and 12. So it says, but Naaman left in rage saying, I thought that he would at least come out to me, pray to the Lord, his God, wave his hand over the disease spot and cure me. Besides, aren't the rivers Abana and Farpar back in Damascus better than any river in Israel? I could have washed in them and been cured. Okay, so Naaman had expectations and he was disappointed. So he he literally says in the Bible, he's like, I was expecting you to like wave your magic wand and be like, poof, my skin is healed. Like he literally expected magic. That's what he's describing here to me. And I was kind of shook because I'm like, I kind of feel that because like I get it. Like you're expecting you're expecting just be immediately healed. 
But at the same time, the ladies didn't really, the, the woman, his wife, they, she didn't really specify. She just said, hey, there's somebody that could help cure you, you know, whether it was in prayer or whatever the case was. But he had some expectations of his own. You know, he said, I thought that you were just going to call on God, put your hand on me and be done. Why am I going to go wash in this river? There are better rivers than this river. That's another thing he's saying. So he's talking about the Jordan River is not even the best river for me to be bathing in. And you're telling me to do this. And, and, and it just sounded like me. And I don't know if any of you guys can relate, but I kind of felt a little, <laughs> a little pitiful, a little pathetic relating to this, but it's human nature. And I love to see humanity in the Bible. If you haven't realized that already, I really like the realness in the Bible. And I saw myself in that because, you know, when I have expectations and they are not met, I get real upset. <laughs> I get really like Naaman. I feel shut down. I start judging. I start comparing to the outcome versus what I was expecting and how what I was expecting is better. And I justify my anger. And that's what Naaman was doing. He had these expectations. And then it's like, before I started this journey of like reading the Bible and really understanding how God works and, you know, revamping my relationship with him, I would get also disappointed when my expectations were not met by God. Because again, I was born and raised in a Methodist church. You know, I was introduced at a young age, uh, you know, to prayer and, um, you know, to seek God. And my mom was real good about planting this seed in mine and my sister's lives. And as well as my, my dad, um, you know, so I knew better, you know, I knew what I needed to do. I knew God. Um, but I, I felt especially in my teenage years. And as I got older, the disappointment like Naaman felt towards God when my prayers were not answered, when things didn't turn out the way they were supposed to after I begged and pleaded and prayed. And um, I, I just could so see myself in this situation. And of course, then when I was younger, you know, I was more resentful towards God when I didn't get what I wanted. I, you know, I was very much like Naaman you know, a lot. Um, but now, so it's more of like really dumb things in real life. I know not to resent God because I'm learning, you know, as I'm going, you know, doing this podcast with you guys and reading, I'm learning um, that that's not going to get me anywhere. However, so many instances in my life, I could relate to the situation of him being like, hold up, you want me to do what? <laughs> that's not what I was expecting. And imagine how many times we pray and we expect a certain outcome. You know, do we let ourselves get disappointed? Do we let ourselves storm away and, you know, start comparing and justifying our anger? Is that, you know, we need to reflect. Are we doing those things? Um, it's human nature, though. You know, it, it's it's totally normal to, like, expect something and be disappointed. You know, you're allowed to feel disappointed when you expect something. You know, I'm not saying that Naaman was wrong at all. You know, he, he had expectation, but at the same time, do you not want your skin to get healed? Because for me, I'm jumping in. How many times did you say 10? Oh, oh, seven. <laughs> so, you know, we're different in that aspect, I guess. But I really liked how, you know, his, his anger, he was just like, uh, uh, are you kidding me? Like expectations were not met. And again, this is me in everyday life. Like, I'm so grateful for the life I live. I don't ever by any means want anyone on here to believe otherwise. However, you know, 
I, I don't realize like how high my expectations are for certain things in my life as well as people. And so it's kind of like you, we make ourselves upset. Like Naaman did this to himself because he set these expectations. Nobody said nothing. She, the, the, the wife did not say anything specific. He came up with this in his mind and that's kind of like what expectations are for us. So I think that's really funny. Um, and so again, he left in, in disappointment. Um, and so then Alicia's servants um, approach Naaman and they're basically like, I think it's two servants, two of Alicia's servants. They're like, look, you need to do what this man is telling you to do. When God is telling you to do something because God's going to heal you, you need to listen and you need to do it. No questions asked. And I'm like, period. The fact that they even went back and got him was God's favor over Naaman's life. Because um, in these times, let's really think about how often something like this would happen. You know, you get your one opportunity with, you know, a prophet, a man of God. And if you blow it, you blow it. Um, that's how I'm thinking in my mind, at least. I don't know. So the fact that the servants went back and approached him, I was like, okay, God's favor was definitely over Naaman. He was like, you know what? You were disappointed, but I am here to show you that there's no, no reason to be disappointed because what your expectations are, do not meet my expectations for your life. I don't even know where that came from. But I love it because it's true. <laughs> I did not plan to say that. It's just so crazy how words come to me sometimes. I love that. Um, amen to that. But I mean, that's literally what 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 it was. That's literally God's favor over him. Those his servants going back. Alicia's servants were like, uh-uh, we're gonna get him. And they do. And Naaman does what he's told. And after the seventh dip, he's cured. His skin is completely clear. Imagine that. You are no longer ill you have normal skin and can you imagine that relief and how much he probably wanted that for so long because remember we talked about that feeling you know we have something on our skin it's like our first line of defense it's the first thing people see it's a big deal like we hate that nobody wants i don't want pimples on my skin much less i don't want to look like a leper so we can only imagine that like that feeling of relief and just the fact that like I was just really stunned that like Naaman's first reaction wasn't like jump because that would have been me I would have immediately jumped in and been like how many times um it's crazy but you know what we are like that all of us it's crazy like we do things like that like God tells us to do something and we're like no I don't that's not how I wanted it. So I'm going to go that way. And I'm ta maybe talking about myself, but literally we do those things. You know, you get a calling from the Lord, whether you know it's from God or not. And you're like, mm -mm, not what I wanted. I expected this. So I'm going this way. And it's like, God's like, mm -mm -mm, my way's better, but we don't care because we're not thinking like that. Just like Naaman, he wasn't thinking in terms of that. He was thinking in terms of like, how is this dirty river going to heal me? <laughs> And I'm like, you got a point there. I don't know what the temperature in that water was, but what was what was it going to do for you? I get it. You know, I get both sides to it. But, you know, God is good. And God sent, you know, Alicia's servants to go and get him. And he was like, this man's going to be healed. You know, Naaman was being stubborn. I think we can all see ourselves in this story 100%, you know, expectations versus reality. You know, he wanted God to just kind of... He wanted Alicia to just snap his fingers and everything was going to be good. And that's definitely not what happened. And he was upset. But 
again. He was meant to be cured and the Lord cured him. Just like the Lord will cure us. You know, we have to manage our expectations appropriately and try our hardest, you know, to fight that human nature of disappointment. You know, it's okay to be upset. It's okay to get disappointed to get disappointed, but let's not be like Naaman and walk away, you know? And again, I did this a lot in my younger years, walking away from God when my expectations weren't met, um, you know, but I know now in my older adult life that walking away isn't going to get me anywhere. And ever since I've stopped walking away and I have stayed, my prayers have been fulfilled. You know, I've, I've spoken to God more in my life than before. And, and don't get me wrong. They don't, my prayers don't get answered the way I want them to, <laughs> you know, it's, it's not up to me. It's up to him. However, you know, walking away out of disappointment, you know, that part of me is gone and, um, <clears throat> you know, staying on the right track and just continuing my relationship with the Lord has brought me so many more benefits and so much joy, so much goodness, more than walking away ever could, you know, because you walk away and you're like, mm, I'm in control, whatever, you know, and you're in your head about it. Um, but, you know, staying and managing your expectations and just going with God is easier said than done, but it's the right way. And, you know, that's what I want to promote here on this podcast. You know, God's just just waiting for you to take that leap and follow him. You know, we see it here in the Bible, in all of these stories that, that we've been talking about so far. So yeah, I know it was a little shorter story, but I was really adamant on talking about it just because I really liked it. Um, again, I really love to see just um, like normalcy in the Bible. You know, I really love to see people in just natural humanity. And that you'll notice that a lot on this podcast, that that's what I like to talk about because we can relate. I mean, like we can literally relate. We're like, oh, I mean, these are human reactions that like when you think about it, it's not out of the ordinary. And I'll say it again. I've been saying this a million times, but it's my favorite part about the Bible. It's what drew me in. It's what made me so passionate about these stories because um, we're talking about real human beings that once walked the earth that lived through this, you know, um, and what a blessing it is to have this book to guide us and to show us, you know, God's will for us. So it's really just a blessing. And I love that story. So yeah, thank you so much for being here again. Don't forget to like, and follow on Instagram and Facebook bird is the word podcast, but more importantly, birdisawardpodcast.com. Please sign up for my emailing list. And yeah, I will see you guys in the next episode. Bye.